Uh, would you please welcome our elders, Bill and Sister Louise Marvin, as they come forward to bring forth the word. I've asked my husband to pray for me. Let us bow our hearts and our lives before the Lord for a few minutes as we set this uh, service in order. Lord, we love you and we praise you and we thank you for your love and your goodness. Thank you, Father, for the steadfast love that we can depend upon. Lord, for your working in each one of our lives. Lord, I ask your anointing and blessing upon my wife Louise as she brings forth the word that you've laid upon her heart that uh, Lord you've led her and you've guided her and you've directed her we pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to be upon her as she brings forth the word but Lord we pray for ourselves that our hearts would be open to receive that word that goes forth Lord precious Holy Spirit you art welcome and we thank you for your presence in our services and this service tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 I want to always say that I value being behind this pulpit and I'm humbled. This is the place where the man or the woman of God gives out the word of the Lord and it's a very sacred and a very special place and I never want to take that for granted and I want to thank our pastors for allowing me to speak tonight. The Lord gave me this uh, message well over a year ago. I don't know when it was that I last spoke but as soon as I spoke the last time and I was isolated for a full year with COVID so I know it was well over a year the Lord gave me this message and uh, then this few weeks just prior to tonight, he refined it and gave me some specific instructions about how we're to pray tonight. And I'm excited about what the Lord is going to do. Tonight I am talking about the reason for our hope. You know, hopelessness, of course the word means without hope. Hopelessness is the great deception of the enemy of our souls. Satan would have us believe we might as well step aside, give up, and accept that we have lost and he has won. He wants us to believe no matter what we do, no matter how hard we try, no matter who we have to help us, or how fervently we pray that all is lost. He wants us to believe things will never change, he wants us to believe there's no way to come back from this moral decline we see in our families, in our, in our nation. Hopelessness is what pushes people to suicide. And in our world, suicide is on the rise. But sisters and brothers in Christ, let us remember Satan is a liar and the father of all lies. Let us remember he's the great thief who comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Hope, on the other hand, is the confident expectation that something good is going to happen to us. Hope is a major ingredient in good mental health. Hope is what helps us get up in the morning and put one foot 
in front of the other to walk through the dark clouds we see gathering around us. The world may say, I hope so, and they kind of, you know, well, maybe this will happen and maybe this won't happen. But when you're a child of God, we can say, I know so, because we serve the all-powerful, all-loving, all-merciful God who has given us many, many precious promises. So what is the reason for our hope? How can we Christians believe something good is going to come from the chaos we see taking place in our world? I believe the answer lies in remembering and looking to the promises of our God. Promises. Now, have you ever made a promise that you did not or could not keep? I'm sad to say that I have, but our God has never made a promise he can't or won't keep. Numbers 23:19 says, God is no man that he should lie, or a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, and will he not fulfill it? So what are some of the promises God has given us? Tonight I want to talk about four promises. There are many more. Last night in Bible study, I think I, I heard uh, Phyllis Shearer say that there are 8,000 promises in the Word of God, but tonight I'm going to talk about four promises. God has promised to provide for us. To provide for us, how wonderful is that? In Matthew 6 and in Luke 12, Jesus talks to his disciples about God's provision. He says, look at the birds of the air and the lilies of the field. God takes care of them feeding the birds and clothing the lilies. Jesus tells us that God knows what we need. He encourages us to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then he promises us that if we seek him first, he will provide for our needs. Amen. The 23rd Psalm begins, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Amen. Then it goes on to expound on that. Because the Lord is my shepherd, he gives me rest. He restores my soul, praise the Lord. He gives me direction. Even in the dark places of life, we are not to fear evil. Because God is with us. He provides protection and comfort. He provides a table for us even in the presence of of our enemies. He gives abundantly so that our cup overflows. Goodness and mercy shall follow us all of the days of our lives. And when this life is over, we will live in the house of the Lord forever. Psalms 34 verse 8 and 9 says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him lack nothing. What great provision we have from our God. He will always keep his promise to provide for us. He does not lie. There used to be a slogan that was going around, and it said, Be happy, don't worry. You remember seeing that on T-shirts? <laughs> what can I say, brothers and sisters? Be happy, don't worry. God's got it. 
for us. He's providing for us, and he promises he always will when we seek his kingdom and him first. Not only does God provide for us, he also promises to protect us. In Psalm 23, it is the rod of God that fights for us, beating away our enemies. The battle is the Lord's. The staff of the great shepherd of the sheep lifts us from the perils of our fallenness and guides our feet on the sure path to safety and victory. Psalm 31, 8 says, You have not handed me over to the enemy, but have set my feet in a spacious place. A spacious place, not a cramped place. Not, you know, I'm a little claustrophobic. I don't like cramped places, but he has set our feet in a spacious place. Psalm 37, 39, and 40 says, But the salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their strength in the time of trouble. And the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them because they trust in him. In his wonderful word, God has given us many, many promises of his protection. And if I had time, I could tell you a few of them. Uh, the ways that God has protected me and my family. God provides for our needs, and he promises protection, and he also offers us his presence. One of the saddest stories of the Bible occurs at the very beginning of human history, the fall of Adam and Eve. They have been enjoying the wonderful and very real presence of God. They walked with him, and they talked with him, but then, sadly, came the temptation, the great deception of the enemy, and that was followed by the descent into sin. And Adam and Eve then felt they must hide from God. Not a good place to be when you have to hide from God. They were driven out of the beautiful garden and out of the presence of the Lord. You know, what I believe God's greatest promise to us is that we who are the redeemed of the Lord have the promise of his presence. How we need that lovely, wonderful presence of God, that our good, good Abba Father, we need his presence. Psalm 16:11 says, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Jesus promises us in Matthew 28, 20, that he will always be with us, even to the end of the age. God invites us to live in his presence now, moment by moment, and day by day. He desires our company, not only now, but through all eternity. Jesus says in John 14, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Hell is hell because there's no presence of God there, nor can there ever be. But we have the promise of his presence as well as the promise of his provision and the promise of his protection. 
And the final one I want to bring about, uh, talk about tonight is that we have been given purpose. We are to be intercessors and evangelists. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Matthew 22, 21 says, And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. Psalms 50, 15 says, Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. 1 Timothy 2.1 says, Therefore, I exert, exhort, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. In Matthew 28.18, Jesus says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. What privilege we are laborers together with God. And he invites us, he wants us to partner with him to bring about his will on earth. We pray thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And the truth is that we have the wonderful privilege, the wonderful opportunity of being a part of the fulfillment of our prayer. John Wesley said God does nothing except in the response to believing prayer. Senate Chaplain Richard Halverson, who was U.S. Senate Chaplain from 1981 through 1994, 1981 through 1994, and he was one of the founders of the National Prayer Breakfast, said, and listen to this closely, no place is closed to intercessory prayer, no continent, no nation, no organization, no city, no office. There is no power on earth that can keep intercession out. E.M. Bounds said, God shapes the world by prayer. God shapes the world by prayer. Do you see what privilege we have? What opportunity we have to make a difference because we know how to pray, because we come to him and pray. Tonight, uh, I believe that God is directing us to have two sessions of prayer. Uh, the Lord spoke to me, this is the way that I'm to do it tonight. So first, I want to lead us in prayer, and then I'm going to ask you to come forward and find a place for private prayer. But please, for now, remain, remain in your seats and bow your head for prayer. You know, our God loves unity. Matthew 18, 19 says, If two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven.